0: Manuel Skrull is a person born and raised in Vienna. His distinctive style is defined by organic structures resulting from black and blue lines. The artist uses self-made painting tools he develops in a continuous process. He applies his technique at various scales on multiple surfaces and leaves an unmistakable, more or less, abstract mark. I'm Ethan Freeman, and on today's episode, we'll be having a conversation with Manuel Skrull, a famous muralist from Austria. It's an exciting episode, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to just start off, just by uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you like, how you kind of got into art.
1: Mm, I never really got uh, away from art. I think um, I think we, most of us have some really really strong connection to that in our childhood, and. Um, I personally believe that it really strongly depends on if you're getting encouraged from somebody like your parents or somebody else to keep on doing that. And if you, uh, if you see it or if, if your surrounding makes you, uh, seeing it as a good thing or as as a valuable thing, mm-hmm. um, to be creative or do something there, um, which in most of the cases isn't, isn't like that because, uh, yeah, most of us don't become artists and, um, yeah, we, Everybody also needs something to eat and uh, right. needs uh, bridges and streets and stuff like that, right? So, um, most of our parents prepare us for this reality, for this world. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's a, a really basic point of finding your way to art or, or um, staying with art since you are a kid.
0: Right. Okay. Which was it in my, in my case. So your parents, are they artists themselves or, you know, just personally, they, they like, they enjoy art? No, no, um, <clears throat> my mom had a really tough childhood and um,
1: she uh, got discouraged to do something creative and um, she wanted to do the exact opposite on me. So I was more or less very encouraged and very um, engaged to, yeah. to to become something
0: in the creative branch or do something that I want, feel special about myself, do something with that. Wow, that's really cool. So when did yeah. you start painting? Yeah, I also really appreciate that. Yeah. I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, that is awesome. Just in general, most parents, I just feel like don't really support whatever their kids are doing. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah,
1: because it feels unrealistic for them. I also understand that too. Right. You, you want your kid to function in society and- um, Exactly. Yeah. For most
0: people, it doesn't work like this. No, exactly. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Um, what, what? when did you start painting? or When did you like kind of pick it up and uh, really start to like fall in love with it?
1: Mm, like I said, I never really stopped. So I have a painting. Wow. Since I can hold a pen. Oh, wow. And, um, no. Okay. I have some of my my first drawing uh, hanging on the wall actually. So oh, really? I was like two two or three years old when I made my first things.
0: That's pretty cool. Does it look? And right? my mom
1: kept all those things and hanged them on the fridge and her in some frames and oh, she
0: that's really so
1: cool. um, valued those things.
0: Is it in your room right now? Yeah. Yeah, you want to see it? yeah absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: There's some of. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Huh. That's pretty cool. There's
1: some early childhood drawing of my kept... <clears throat> Yeah. Reminds me of that fact.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Just mentioned. Yeah. So, so, I guess, what ultimately motivated you to try to do it professionally? Like, you know, even though you really found the love for it, I would still imagine some people would just kind of get into something else, like be a doctor or something. So I guess at Uh, what point did you realize like, no, this is just what I'm going to do for my living and I'm going to pay my bills with this and do all of that.
1: uh, It's not like I decided to do that, but it it came to that step by step. Of course, we have some dreams where we want to be and some, uh, some uh, formula or some way how to, how to come there. But I think it's more or less uh all about finding the common ground on what you want to do and what people are willing to pay you for um when you come in this really fortunate or blessed situation that you can do whatever you want and people like it that much that they give you enough money for it to for you to make a living from it. that's something else, but I think first you need to. Need to find your, your base, your ground and the, this, this common area of uh, what I was talking about. Like, if you want to make a living from it straight away. Right. Um, in my case was, was a little bit different. Uh, I also learned some, uh, other jobs. Um, I worked nine to five and I totally know what that means. And, um, I more or less used this fake it until you make it concept where I would, um, really use my free time and my extra time, all, all my energy and money
0: to um, make big walls and create big artwork.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, In Vienna and Austria, we have um, like Hall of Fame legal walls where, where everybody can paint. And I um, I went there with a lot of paint and made really big things. And um, yeah, it was really, really exhausting and a lot of work and I don't have a car. I had to transport really big leathers and paint buckets and whatnot. Just so walking over there and yeah. taking a cab. Um, and yeah, when when you, uh, we, we have some really, really nice areas in Vienna, in the city center where there is uh, legal walls, where it's a lot to paint, really in the touristic area, very central and people sit there and um, that's how it all started. Um, people noticed uh, the stuff that I do and um, yeah, just became more like a a thing that that reminded many people of of their free time activity on the river or somewhere in the um, public space in Vienna. Mm -hmm. And um, step by step, it
0: became something that people recognized as good or, I don't know, also with, uh, of course, social media later on, which is a completely different chapter. Mm -hmm. How old are you, by the way? I'm 32 now. Okay so you were probably probably like 18 when Instagram started getting more popular
1: Uh no it it was uh, much le- not much later but a few years later in Europe than in the states or or overseas and okay. also um I was really late with um smartphone and uh, social network and stuff like that so I I got encouraged I started uh, my profile around
0: 2013. Okay. But it was, it was a private profile, like just stupid stuff for first two years or something. Right. Yeah. So how long have you been doing it? Would you say your Instagram profile for like, your professional art career? Geared towards that? (sighs) That's really depends. You know, there is not a certain moment where I would
1: stay from this moment on. It was professional, but it just faded from very
0: unprofessional to what it is now. Right, it's some. It's cool. I can't wait to be go to Europe. I'm. I mean, your art is so unique, and it's so easy to identify. And it has to be one. And on top of it, it just looks incredible. Did you start um, doing murals at a young age, or were you realizing like I like to have the bigger canvas. It's a bigger. It's easier for people to see. So I might as well go start with the walls. Or was it that Hall of Fame, like you said in Vienna, that kind of got you to start focusing on? On a no, it was um, f- first. It was like um, the, the the classic
1: letter graffiti, actually. So I got really fascinated by that in a young age and practice it for for a long, long time. And later on, used the knowledge or the tools, the to, to the how to do the ideas behind it um, for for something else. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't really like choose to make something nice or some art um, and at first. So I would start to just read my name everywhere, and later on think that it might be nice to make something nicer, which yeah, makes more sense when you grow up to maybe search for where's the quality limits of something. And right. the first years was majorly about having fun.
0: Yeah. Well, are you still having fun then?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's a major integral part of everything I do, I guess.
0: Right. So, so on, in terms of the murals, do you you ever get any type of commissions for murals? Or is it mainly just you, uh, finding a good wall that you know, you can paint on?
1: Mm, um, It's partly, uh, both. So it happens sometimes that people, um, some building developers, some Discotheque owners, some restaurants, or some like just private house owners commission me to paint something. It can really different uh, ideas, backgrounds, maybe sometimes for somebody's living space, sometimes for some event space that just exists for a very short time, or backgrounds for um, some events some live painting because it goes quite fast and it's entertaining people. Right. Maybe in between breaks of some shows or something. So it can be super different stuff. But I also make interior designs and, and concepts
0: for hotels and other venues. That's so it's cool. very, very wide range of stuff. What's What's been your most interesting commission that you've received for a mural? One thing that just straight up showed to my mind when,
1: when you said that was uh, last year's uh, big project in Czech Republic where, where somebody um, gave me a pretty free hand on, on a two and a half floor wall, which had this like nice house shape as well, the, the, the firewall, like the, the typical thing we have in Europe. And, uh, I did it with a projector, actually. So oh, I had cool, yeah. absolute control over it, not, not my typical way how to do something. But, um, that was really interesting that catched on with me, really, because, um, one of the biggest problems for me still is that I cannot show people exactly how something is going to look like. Right. Yeah. So, um, I need to explain to them that my, my, um, pro, process is very intuitive and um, I can show them how it's about going to look like, which colors I'm going to use, but not exactly what they are going to get. And many people have a problem
0: with that. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess some people don't have a understand problem, that. Yeah. I think that would be kind of fun. Just to throw it. I like, I like if I ever go to a restaurant, I'm like just, Hey, cook it. However you're going to cook it. Cause you guys do it all the time. Just treat me. So, That'd be pretty fun, though, just so, yeah. you know, you have an idea as to what it's going to look like, but it always comes out something a little special, a little different than they were probably expecting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, I mean, it's super important for me that I leave
1: back customers and people that give me money for something um, happy, so right. they are satisfied with what I did, especially also because of the fact that they have to live with it or work with it. then you know They have to stay next to it, look at it, right. or it has to... Have the function they want to, to have, and that's really a need for me as well. But it's very, very nice when people give you this mm-hmm. freedom um, of choices, also because many of my choices for my process is coming in in the moment, what I think is right. And when when people let me work after my um, pattern of thinking and making choices, then it often works out the best, actually.
0: Right. So with with the, these customers that you've had that have asked for commissions, uh, one thing that I'm curious about, especially in today's modern age, where not everybody's going through a gallery per se, it's kind of just an extra way of you know presenting their art. Uh, you handle your, I'm sure your relationships with you know your former clients. Uh, how does that work, like in the modern age with with social media and everything, keeping up with people who have purchased from you before in the past that could be references or recurring customers do you have like a process with them or anything um i'm very lucky because i have professional
1: people who do that for me so i can concentrate completely on the artistic side but um it hasn't always been like that so um of course um there was years of uh, me writing down stuff manually because um as we know this instagram direct messenger hasn't any function to for example, mark messages as more important or sort them or something. Right. It's just endless. Yeah. Uh, it's wrong, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know what to call it. A mess more yeah. or less. So it can't really keep a uh, trick with anybody. So I, I was writing that down for a while. I had manual sheets of papers. And now I have somebody who is doing that for me. So um, of course, there's a lot of people who get in touch with me about something. Uh, but the actual number of people who are then uh, becoming literal clients is very very small so there is a huge enormous pre-sales phase and uh, it's always like a little gamble on what projects you would concentrate and which ones you would ignore or which people you take for real and which you are and uh, yeah. So social media is a big juice when it's about that and I, I had to um, experiences where I took people for real and uh, I thought they are really, you know, like uh, talking about getting me into Chicago and, and making big as wall there and I really rode with them and, and, and calculated stuff and I looked up for tickets and, and BNBs, and I shortly said, used hours and hours um, to to organize this, to plan this and then figured out that they just don't answer me anymore at some point. For some reason, you know. Mm. On the other hand, also, people who sounded like they just wanted to make jokes and also um, re- regarding their p- profile weren't really um, looking serious for me. But in the end, uh, purchased stuff or ordered uh, custom canvases from me and became even like uh, long years uh, again and again customers. You know?
0: Wow. Like, yeah, recurring interesting. You
1: never know what what is going on there, actually.
0: Right. Uh, Have you have you gone any other routes other than just social than just uh, Instagram with? with, Is that your main conduit for people reaching out to you? Or do they go through all the galleries? Um, uh, Through galleries, agencies, um, Instagram, of course, but I also
1: try to encourage people over to my website. And in my bio is also the, the email from the manager, which um, is doing a really good job and really also sorting out and 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 considering, calculating and um, I don't know this one word,
0: but she's like um, she's sorting them things out, you know. Right. Like
1: she's yeah. she's checking what is for real, right. who is actually for real and for
0: what. Yes, yeah, she's screening them all.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Perfect. And so you. it's very, very helpful, right? Yeah, it definitely cuts down on, on wasted time. Um, and just, yeah, I, I mean, just for anybody, just sticking on your phone and having a message a time, gets really stressful. And it's such yeah, a She's, she's such just a better
1: experience. with that. And um, right. I really feel since, um, since this coexistence is happening, that I can concentrate much more on on the product itself,
0: right? Because I don't have to Marketed so much, and, right. and don't think about um, yeah the, the the economical aspects and uh, the business as, aspects too much. Right. How long have you been working with her, and like how did you come across finding some mm, Shortly, helping? actually, um, okay. it was short um, since
1: beginning of last year, so it's like twelve months, uh, a little bit more, now than twelve months.
0: How did you come across her?
1: Mm. Um, it was actually that I worked about together with some galleries and also with some other people. There was like this network and um I wanted to build up a company instead of just being self employed and making all this on i don't know how you would call it in English, but just um I was more or less a freelancer and that had this like complicated artist uh taxes system, and I didn't really understood it so um things were going really well. And I was thinking to get somebody to help me. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I was just talking to a lot of people about what um, what's going on, like I always do, which is very good, because when you talk to many people about what you need and what could might help you and you have people around you that like you and want to be friends, you might get helped yeah and yeah, yeah somebody mentioned this girl, which is working for a street art festival, an annual street art festival in Vienna. and they mentioned that she would might like to do that because she's not earning too much money uh, with this festival, and it's more like a, a voluntary thing right uh, yeah, so I got in touch with her. I explained it to her, and I knew that she knows a lot about those things that I don't because these guys from the festival invite uh, international artists over to Vienna all the time and um, handle all the paper stuff and bureaucratical stuff with the government offices for the, um, for the the papers, you know, so they can do the walls and they have all the permissions and stuff like that. Right. So I knew that she knows how to handle the, those things and the rest came by itself. Nice. Just worked a lot.
0: Yeah. And I mean that whenever you said, you know, whenever you have people around you and you're always talking about your business, you know, and you like people like you and you're, you're a good person, you know, you mentioned what problems you have or what what you're trying to figure out, and people are always willing to provide a recommendation, uh, and it just led me to think of this question: uh, How much? So of course you're an entre- you're an artist, but. Uh, you're also an entrepreneur and i was just curious if if like kind of your identity within yourself is like you see yourself as an entrepreneurial artist or are you really just an artist and this is kind of how you feel like it should be on a professional level um i don't really like brandings, you know yeah Uh, when,
1: when people ask me as what i see myself i always come up with the same good old sentence that a baker can be a good or a bad baker because of he bakes good or bad bread. and uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, a taxi driver can be a good or a bad taxi driver, depending there. on if he's on time or if he crashes any other cars. But right. if you make something like abstract art, it cannot be really like branded. And that gives me this freedom that I, I tell everybody I don't see myself as anything in specific So I can still be anything I want, and I don't have to be anything I don't want
0: to. That's fair. Have you, have you collaborated (laughs) with many, many artists in the, in the past? Or have you thought about doing anything with any type of collaborations or even just with galleries, you know, how would you partner with other people in the industry?
1: Mm, It depends, you know, like uh, many people partner up because they think it's uh, boosting their thing or, um, giving them some positive uh, input or whatever for um, gathering exhibitions, new starting galleries, and some other um, creative places. And um, I always try to be um, nice, friendly, respectful, but also very suspicious about everybody. Mm-hmm. What is their goals? And what is their motives? What is behind of their, what they're doing? But um, uh, most of the times I try. A little bit, you know, give somebody a little bit, give somebody a little bit time, a little bit, energy, a little bit, a small drawing, whatever. And then I look what they do with it. And I also hear how they talk about other people and mm-hmm. yeah, just try to remember what, what I feel about it and what actually happened in the end. When, when people say this and that is going to happen, that n- not the case, then just
0: try to remember it and um, work with somebody else. Right they little bit, their words and actions equal a little bit more. Mm. So what is your relationship like with galleries and how's that kind of been over time and what do you think like, it's going to be like moving into the future?
1: Mm. I um, founded one gallery myself with a friend from Germany who is running this gallery now as a, I think, like a company. it's a real gallery for real like on the papers and everything has a a shop in vienna and also i started to work with some other galleries which are supporting me giving me some workspace and um selling my art on online in their in their workshops and that just It went also step-by-step with how I just mentioned it. I had some good experiences with some places, some bad experiences with some other places, kept on working with the good places, stopped working with the bad
0: places. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, There's this book out there, entrepreneurial book, called uh, The Pumpkin Plan, I believe. And basically there's this guy who is like year over year, he always produces the world's largest pumpkin for the Guinness World Records. And his his whole philosophy is he he spreads out the seeds and he's the vine starts growing, and you see some pumpkins coming in, and after a few weeks he cuts the ones that are still small, and then all the energy goes to the bigger ones, and then after a few more weeks, and then at the end he just has the best pumpkin that showed the most promise and put the most nutrients into it. And that's it's, that's and, more or less
1: exactly how it is, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I see that you do some prints. How has that been? Uh, they're prints, right? Um, so whenever I go to your website, uh, I see that you yeah, have the Oxymoron Gallery, the KAH and the Dumas Gallery, um, and then mm-hmm. I click on like the Dumas one. Is Those are prints, correct?
1: No, no, this is a original
0: product. Oh, wow, oh, that's a pretty good price for original. I was totally expecting that was going to be a... Uh... Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, so do you do... I mean, any- unless,
1: unless, unless it's mentioned different, it's uh, original drugs.
0: Oh, wow, that's awesome. Uh, so do you ever do any any prints or is it always original?
1: No, no not always, but um, it, it depends on some, some collaborators, festivals or, or galleries want to offer something in a lower price range. Right. Which I totally understand, but uh, most of the time I try to avoid doing that because I can make originals quite fast. Right. Okay. And, um, yeah, it doesn't really make sense for me to get through the whole process of printing, paying a printer for it and all that. So,
0: yeah, it's a whole, that's what I was going to say. It's a whole thing unto itself. If, uh, if you're having a print. If somebody computer.
1: else is willing to take over the whole process and also do some quality control and stuff on it. And, uh, I'm totally fine with it, but I'm basically not very interested in doing any screen printing, mm-hmm. unless it's t-shirts maybe.
0: Right. Have you done t-shirts before? Yeah. yeah. Just currently. Um, are they still for in, sale? In the, yeah. the webshop. Okay. So I can go check on there. Um, let me try to think of some more questions. Yeah. So what's next for you in your career? What are you hoping to uh, uh, hoping to be in the next 10 years? Do you have any thoughts about that? Or I don't is know. taking one day at a time. I really
1: don't know. Um, I'm ready for whatever is gonna come. and Like I mentioned in the beginning, I try to stay flexible, look around, find the common ground of what I want to do and what pays my rent. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And um, experiment. don't 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 get too scared or too sad about um, maybe economical development, which is always um, felt very strong in, in the creative branch, because like design and decoration is one of the first things people would um, consider not, not super important as soon as money is getting lower, right? So right. that's, that's one of the first things we would save or
0: quit doing. It's not let not letting the economics taint. Your creative process? Yeah, it can, it can be very strong, of course, like
1: if you, if you feel like you, you can try whatever and it wouldn't work anyway. And yeah, there's always I guess the question the people who want to do something in creative process, ask themselves if, if that what they actually want to do and that what they actually feel like doing mm-hmm. at, the, at, the, at the moment um, is, is getting them anything. Or if they should change it, or like go with some fashion or some trend, or what they need to change to, to get this attention or
0: this revenue mm-hmm. that they are hoping for, right? Do you have any? Do you have any? I think it's. F- hmm? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You think it's what?
1: I, I, I thought it's a, a bad thing because when when you when you um, copy some concept that's already proven to work. Then um, people will feel that it, it leaks authenticity and um, it's somehow recognizable, right? Because it's it already old somehow. When, when today's trends and fashion go super fast, and people feel when when you don't really make your own thing from your heart and don't really believe in yourself, but just copy some already proven concept. That's why I think it's in any case better to do what you want and what makes you happy because the worst case is uh, that you're not successful with it and you have to do a bread job on the set, nine to five maybe, but at least you did something that makes you
0: happy and you tread. Right. Yeah, so just copying everybody. Now that, that makes sense. I've been, uh, you know, I have a ton of it. art, but yeah, if, if there's something that you can tell that's already been kind of done, you've seen it before with another artist or on even just social media kind of, you'll get caught pretty quickly everybody that I've spoken to that's made a really good career out of their art, yeah. They, no matter what, they just stick to their style. And they just stick to their style. And, uh, and I feel like, of course, that's when you're going to have the most success, not only just as an artist, but overall, just stick to what you know, um, stick to what's been working for you. Do you have any suggestion for artists out there in terms of kind of like the work ethic side of things? Like how many hours would you say you put into you're painting on a weekly basis and what's like Ooh, that's, what the right amount.
1: that's uh, something most other artists probably don't want to hear That's fair. because I'm very, very quick and I'm, I wouldn't say I'm lazy, but I spent for sure more time cleaning my windows and getting my pot plants undusted and, uh, spray them with water and, so, uh, long story short, I spend more time with my pop plants than on my paintings,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that so. that'll make some people like jealous,
1: maybe yeah, but yeah. i I wouldn't i I don't think the 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 pattern that works for me necessarily works for a lot of other people, maybe for some, but not for many, mm-hmm. and I think, yeah, um. I think it's about uh, efficiency, right? Everybody has different work ethics or different idea of how much they want to work or how much they want to put into something. Some of the most successful people I know do what they do not because they feel like it's work, what they need to do to finance their hobbies or uh, their status symbols, what they want to have, but because they are actually super hardcore driven, almost traumatized people who found this as a self therapy thing and Mm -hmm. that's why they do it all the time no matter what morning to evening and that's why they are so good
0: at it Mm -hmm. do you have any other uh, like outside of art since you said you spent a good amount of time with your plants do you have uh do you do any other hobbies that kind of feed into your creative ability or anything else that kind of leads into you know kind of an auxiliary that leads into your artistic you know career?
1: Mm, traveling, I would mention there, to be honest.
0: I saw you went to France. That's probably there. it.
1: Yeah, I just came.
0: Um, do you go there often? No, no, no. It was
1: just uh, actually my, my third time or something and uh, there was um, a project where some festival, annual festival as well, would take over some abandoned office building that gets renovated after this. And um, they got it um, fully covered from 80 different
0: artists. Oh, wow. And it's a traveling fair or it's just for people that were local to that scene?
1: Um, Both. Um, They tried to have it international, but of course, I guess those people also tried to keep their costs normal and... um, don't spend more than they have. Um, I think in this case there was, uh, government fundings behind it as well, but, um, yeah, okay. they invited me
0: for it. Luckily. Do you think, uh, uh, do you think it was like worth it going out there?
1: Um, that's something you never know. I mean, okay. it really depends on, yeah, for for everybody else, uh, how much how much work do you want to put into something to be seen and to be known, and how much um, you are willing to do without getting anything from it besides reputation or yeah, uh, not just being seen, being recognized, being known, right. which in um, this is a really abstract thing. It's very important, but not you know so anybody finds their own ways how to do this. But in my case, I really try to also fill the gaps in between projects that are really, um, financially important and, um, do some stuff that is maybe more for some, yeah, some social housing or some refugee kids, orphans, whatever. And, um, also projects that doesn't pay off at all because it's from some small,
0: a uh, nonprofit uh, organization. So mm-hmm. I really want to
1: keep it everywhere more or less.
0: That's pretty cool. What, what, <laughs> uh, what business practices overall uh, would you recommend, um, towards anybody that's listening to this podcast to kind of grow their career or what, what, uh, in the same way that you have, like, and just kind of summarize like what, Ultimately, what do you think has helped you lead to your success? You've mentioned a few things. Feel free to repeat them but... um, I feel like that yeah, attitude um, would be one of them. I think there's a few steps for this that maybe um, work for almost everybody or that are applicable also for other things. But um, first of all is that um,
1: I think most people have many things they're interested in and many things they could potentially be successful with but uh one problem is that um we are not able to go um with something
0: further, then
1: it feels comfortable and it feels fun as soon as something has a little bit longer uh thirsty dry st- stretch uh where you need to go through and work hard on something without having any um uh reward uh feelings or happy feelings from it like mm-hmm. mm, no no positive results no positive feedback but you still need to believe in something and work hard on something that's the part where most people are uh getting stuck and then orientating into something else what uh, might be funny for uh, the next days or sooner or faster again this is how um we are like not really able to focus on something. And mm-hmm. this is it, I think, uh, one big tip that I can give that um, if you really believe in something, and you really think something is worth it, and also go um, through the hard parts or through the uncomfortable parts, um, because almost everything what people um, see as something special is um, in some way or another very hard to achieve because that's what people respect and that's what people glorify. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. I, uh, I heard, I saw this quote and it was just pretty much just like that. Um, it just summarized it well. Like if you do, if I say 20 pushups one day, cause you want to get more, you know, bigger muscles, or whatever, uh, you're not going to see the results. You'll stand in the mirror. You don't really see anything. You do it two days. You won't see anything. You do it 10 days. You probably won't see anything. And a lot of people just quit. But if you just believe that your behavior and your practice will eventually create the person that you want to be and you, you forget about, you know to a certain extent, checking in on those daily results and you just keep pushing because that's a belief that you have more than a result that you're looking to get, then eventually you end up getting the result. It's just a matter of, I guess, principle and sticking with it and having the grit to do it.
1: Of course, of course, I really agree. And of course, it's a really big matter of the environment and circumstances that is around you. And of course, it's also some luck, but this metaphor with the muscles uh, works perfectly and mm-hmm. it's applicable on almost everything. You can condition your brain. Yeah. You can condition your self confidence. You can condition your belief and somebody is going to want what you do or, um, yeah that uh, also w- w- when you create something um that people really want to uh, also feel that you believe in it and that you are really um, convinced that what you do is something special mm-hmm. or valuable when when people feel that you don't even question that, not even for a second, um they feel much more safe and much more happy with. It whatever you do for them because most of the people who are um, searching for artists or paying artists are not the end customers actually. People who are making the decisions like I said if I worked for some hotel or if I worked for some um, agency uh, most of the time the people who make the decisions are not uh, the customers Um, but people who need to sell what you do again. Right. And if these people are happy with it and if they feel like um, the whole process worked for them and you were easy to work with and um, you were for real and you were on time and everything was good or at least like uh, satisfying for them, mm-hmm. then uh, they might call you again and then it starts, you know, and if somebody else asks them or mentions something where they uh, remember you again, they will um, maybe recommend
0: you, and that's yeah. yeah that's I guess just just um. Yeah, I like that normal work antics, I guess, Yeah, now that's such a great point, actually. Just today, uh, so I we talked about it when we chatted like a year ago. Um, I've been obsessed with basically a business-to-business uh, exhibition as a service type company. So you go into an office, and every six months we rotate out with new new paintings, so it keeps it fresh for the lawyers that come in. Mm-hmm. And it's a good presentation. You can see like, oh, I really like this person's art. This is the second time I've had it. I want to buy this piece or I should, you know, show my wife or whatever. So, uh, great. Now, today I had um, one of my first customers I actually got to go check out their office, really nice office building. But, uh, but yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like I, ha- I have the relationship with the artist and I'm the person that's basically going to present a curated list to the customer so that they can determine who exactly they want to, whose art they want to have. And really, the only time that they would even talk to the artist is the day that they're hanging up the art. And maybe I'd imagine with some of the artists, it's not even going to be them; it'll be someone else that's mm-hmm. hanging art for them. And so, whether or not they even get to meet the artist is going to be up in the air. So, uh, yeah, and then and then it's a matter of you know how easy these people are to work with. And you know, they, I think with artists overall, there's this notion, especially with you know younger people just in general, that they can be a little bit more difficult to work with, or you know, a little bit. Um, having problems with their punctuality or whatever. Uh, and I've just noticed that if, if people are professional in any career whatsoever, easy to, easy to deal with. That's what it comes down to. Are they easy to communicate with? Do they uh, speak correctly? Do they give good times that are willing to you know move around if they need to schedule a different time to have a conversation or to do something? How, how easy are they to deal with overall? Um, and how, how much ego are you having to deal with? And everybody that I've talked to, at least on this podcast and in person that's doing really well um, as an artist, uh, they're awesome people and they have a great mentality. And I just love it. You can tell that they're they're entrepreneurs that can create cool, beautiful stuff that makes people happy. And I just absolutely love that. So is there any ending remarks? Uh, We've chatted for about 40 minutes. So just curious, there's anything else that you want to kind of end with or any big highlights about... You know, as a as a business person whose whose product is to create art, help people, you know, brighten their day and associate the good things with it. Kind of any last I know, remarks? Mm, not really. I, I I don't feel like I have anything to say that really um, applies for everybody.
1: But um, yeah, there's many ways how to get. Maybe close or even where you want to be, but uh, I think that that it's all about finding this area where what you want to do and what pays your rent meets. And um, also, if you found this place, doesn't necessarily mean you have to do exactly this or you gotta do exactly this forever. So It's not, it's not this place where we want to reach Um, that is then everything is perfect and you don't have to uh, take care of everything, anything anymore. Like this paradise, what we are maybe dreaming of where you lean back and just close your Mm eyes, because then life's basically over. It's all about improving and finding new ways and
0: don't following this partial solutions, but calculating every situation new and always stay open for changes. Yeah. Okay. Great. That good. That's good. That's great. Yeah. Enjoy the enjoy the journey, because anytime you get to where you want to go, there's always this bit of dissatisfaction, because we realize that it's the work that's the most fun part. It's the it's putting in the hours and it's having the conversations and it's you know having the denials and the turndowns downs and kind of re readjusting you know who you are or, or doubling down on what your dreams are yeah that's just entrepreneurial overall, yeah awesome, well, man, I really appreciate this call i uh, I love your art. It's been a joy just to watch it online and so to actually just be able to talk to you is a big honor, so I really appreciate it. Thank you very much.
1: thank you very much. I appreciate being on this and uh your nice um formulations of uh stuff I was trying to say, but you 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 brought it to the point like <laughs> about five times now where yeah. I'm I'm really happy good, for you. for for your r- rounding up uh, summaries of uh, my weird
0: gibberish. Hey, no, you're good, dude. Uh, you, when no. you learned, did you learn English in school, or how did you get so good at English? Uh,
1: yeah, we have a pretty high level of English in Austria, and uh, we have English education in school. But I would say this really fluent, uh, normal talking level came up with uh, international friendships and mm-hmm. um, also. British roommate and oh, nice, yeah. um, travel qu- quite a lot. So I really like languages and catch up quite a, quite a
0: bit. Do you know, do you know uh, any Spanish or any Portuguese or any <laughs> romance? Uh, no, I, I can, I can speak Italian and I can understand almost everything.
1: I mean, as, as long as it's like normal stuff and not too complicated philosophic. Yeah um I'm actually but, um I always avoided Spanish and Portuguese because I, I felt like it's confusing my attention
0: it is confusing yeah I just got this book yeah. that I'm reading through in Italian all right so i'm I'm dead set and I'm starting a new uh so I learned Spanish and Portuguese just basically in my room I went to Mexico a good bit to work on the actual Spanish but that was after I had been studying it for a while and but this is my new tactic with so with Italian, I'm going through and I translate every line, and just and then and then already just going in like a few pages, I I'm already as I read the thing and I'm typing it in. I'm just going through my mind, typing it, and so I'm saying all the all the words and I'm saying it in my head in English, like the communication digital has. All right, what is reso made possible? La comunicazione digitale hanno reso possibili. Cantati tra più persone, I don't know, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm you start
1: on a really high level here, but <laughs> I can see when you speak Spanish and Portuguese and English, it's yeah. it's just about uh, new forms of everything.
0: Exactly. And so I'm, I'm also not trying to knock out French, but my, I'm doing a little A-B testing. So huh. I'm reading with Italian and I'm practicing uh, audio with French. And so far my <laughs> notes are, I'm really good at hearing French, I can't read it well. And I'm really good at reading Italian, can't hear it at all. But I'm noticing there's just two different skill sets, hearing it and reading it and speaking it.
1: With what you say with the French there, I totally understand, because these guys really doesn't
0: don't spell half of what they write and don't write half of what they spell. So. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And they just <laughs> cut really the words something. off, and they don't make any sense. And they they're like, why'd you put those extra letters there? And it's like, I don't know. How it <laughs> is, so. but down the road, I might try to learn some uh, German. I've been, I practice a little bit of Dutch, because they said it was so similar to English. But... It's really not. Mm -hmm. It's a little similar but it's so different, too. Anyways. I think it's more close to German, for sure. Yeah, and I watched some video that was saying, and I should have done this whenever I started with Spanish, because I did it with Spanish and Portuguese, where I learned them simultaneously. And if you're smart enough, which I think most people are, especially if they're trying to learn languages, you won't get that confused. Like, eventually, you'll you'll get a little confused every now and again, like, oh, is that one word or the other? But you you just got to think about it for a second. And so, bottom line, once I'm done with French and Italian, I'm going to move on to Dutch, uh, German, and Danish, or whichever three other biggest wow. other than English. Mm-hmm. Just because It that sounds really to s-
1: impressive, to be honest, the two dual ones.
0: Yeah, it's well, I mean, they're also similar, you know, in English, can yeah. Dutch, con. I don't even know what it is in the other ones, but I, I bet it's K-A-N or K-A-N-N or KANA or something. And I don't know, I just feel like if you learn them all at the same time, I don't know. I love languages. It's such a fun little challenge to try to learn. All right, cool. Well, you froze up there, so... Oh, uh, yeah. Could. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you froze you.
1: up in a pretty funny post,
0: like... Oh, nice. You should have taken a screenshot. You just look confused. You're like, all right, is this guy going to end the call yet? So. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. I'll uh, I'll let you get back to hanging out with your friends. All right. Awesome. I'll see you later, man. Have a good day, yeah? Yes, sir. You too. Have a good night. Yeah, I got the rest of my day. Thank you. And my kiss. Yeah. Later, man.